Hi, I'm Simone Alibi, a junior at SMU majoring in public relations and strategic communications. Welcome to Hello Hilltop. Today we have Jordan Kopechka, who was an advertising major in photography and anthropology minor at SMU in 2011. He is currently employed at VaynerMedia as a creative director where he works primarily on social and digital creative for Chase and a few other clients. Jordan is also the co-artistic director of an immersive theater company, which merges theater and dance by telling stories. He is inspired by human behavior and cultural beat. He believes they are the key to a great idea. Jordan calls himself an infobore at heart because he uses information he consumes to inspire interactive and innovative ideas. So welcome, Jordan. How are you doing today? I'm doing really, really well. And how are you doing? I'm doing well. Seems like it's been a little bit of time since you've been at SMU. So why did you even choose SMU back in 2011? Oh, it has been a while. Wow. Um, thanks for naming the year. I'm uh, so sorry. <laughs> no, it's totally fine. I'm just like, I was like, oh, wow, I did. It was, it was the 10, my 10 years this year, which is uh, crazy to think about. But uh, so I chose SMU for a couple of different reasons. I think the first probably and, and foremost, which is really interesting, is that my brother actually went to SMU and coming from a, a small farm town and like seeing the city or seeing the SMU through his eyes was really interesting when I visited. But I think that there was a definitely a lot of opportunity when it came to SMU and the scholarship package I received, as well as sort of comparing to like other schools and programs when I was looking, you know, into, into SMU, I definitely had eyed the anthropology program. Um, yeah. And, I, and I, I, do, I do have a small correction to the bio, which I, I briefly like skimmed over, but I, I was an anthro major as well oh, as okay. a, an ad major. No worries though. Um, it, but, but totally that was part of like the influence of decision is the anthro department was really great. And I, you know, sort of found myself, you know, deciding to go out of state rather than stay in state in Arkansas. And they had the, the definitely the best package for me as a student, which was really interesting. And then, you know, having a, a brother who was a senior when I was a freshman sort of was kind of nice because I had a little bit of a, you know, a support system already built in. Yeah, for sure. Those are all great reasons. And I completely understand SMU really is filled with a lot of opportunities. And so with those opportunities, what is a moment that you'll never forget at SMU? Interesting. I, I have to say that you know, there were lots of, lots of things that I did and attended. I was definitely very connected at SMU in terms of like all the happenings and goings on. I, you know, was a, the yearbook editor at one point, but I, I have to say that the, the, like the moment I won't forget, I was hanging out with some friends and we ended up doing this like crazy scavenger hunt all mm -hmm. over the school and having to go do different things in different places. And I think that it was a birthday scavenger hunt for a friend. And every time those those like memories pop up on my Facebook, yes, I still have Facebook. I know I'm dating myself, but those memories will pop up and I'll be like, wow, I remember doing that. And I remember how ridiculous we all were running around campus trying to like sort of compete to like, you know, win some sort of obtuse non-existent prize but we were all so so excited to do it and getting other people to like help us do it was also like part of the fun as like we would run into random strangers and be like here help us take this photo mm -hmm. uh, and it's just like something that you know I guess the the community of people that I built at SMU we all sort of leaned into you know doing weird stuff and and you know not necessarily the party crowd, but definitely creating our, our own party where we wherever we went. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. SMU definitely, I feel like has an environment for every type of person. So 
it's great to hear that you found your own and how in a creative way you were able to venture out on your little adventures. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and then, you know, Dallas has a lot of access to a lot of interesting things that are, you know, some, what was it? The, um, it wasn't Starlight. I forget the, the name of the, uh, you know, the drive-in movie theater that's in yeah. Ennis and like things that like are nearby that, you know, with the, the right crew of people, it's like always like so much fun and so much fun to like to do and you know it's it's definitely a fun time getting like getting ready for for making friends in the real world and it's yeah. it's really interesting thinking about how I'm still connected to all of those people I did that scavenger hunt with I'm Aww. I've definitely spoken on the phone with at least four of them this week which is crazy that's awesome so you talked a little bit about how that prepared you a bit for the future. So how did SMU prepare you for your future? I think that SMU did a lot in terms of the the structure in, in which they, they ask uh, a, a level of participation from their students. And I would say definitely the creative advertising program was instrumental in how I thought about being creative and combining and a lot of different skill sets that I had. Uh, as well as I think that the sort of double major in, in advertising and anthropology sort of is a kind of a, a, a knockout in terms of like needing to understand behavioral sort of sciences and, you know, humans at a very base level, but then also being able to apply it in a, in a marketing field and then using that to come up with creative solutions to problems that are, you know, happening to different different clients that I might have. And I think those two things were part of the way that we were taught to explore uh, not only ourselves, but the world around us through those programs. And I think they were both stellar programs for getting, getting the most out of the world, which is, I, I think that it's just a testament that the, the people, you know, at SM, SMU and the, the professors at SMU are there to garner and, and foster really like great, you know, great relationships as well as like sort of great, great understanding of the world at large. Yeah, SMU really does create this community. As you can tell, like through this podcast, how many places you get the opportunity to talk to alumni through a class program. So SMU definitely makes sure that you keep those contacts that you have. For sure, for sure. So with all of that, I heard that you had the opportunity to work with Lauren Miller Rogan and Seth Rogan. So how did you get that opportunity and what was the experience like? Sort of interesting. Like you said earlier, I run this immersive dance theater company and we've done, you know, I think 14 shows now in New York City. And we basically had this really beautiful idea for a show that we did on Governor's Island, which is this small island right off the coast of Manhattan that you only can take a ferry to get onto. And I ended up writing this show uh, about, about my grandmother and about Alzheimer's and I had worked on it with my company and we, so we sort of like created this house and inside this house was this woman's brain. And that I could, I could spend an entire podcast. I think I have spent an entire podcast mm -hmm. unpacking that show as at large. But I think that what was really interesting is because Seth Rogen and Norma Rogen run an Alzheimer's charity, they'd, they had heard about it through a friend of theirs that there was a show in New York and they reached out via email and they ended up coming and they, you know, they were, you know, wonderful partners uh, or sort of like wonderful audience members, which was like really surprising. And we had like really short time to visit. And then Lauren ended up calling me the next week. And she was like, how do we get this to LA? I like want to like help you produce the show again. Like it was such an incredible experience. And so then sort of started this relationship, but then COVID happened, which was really uh -huh. interesting. Yeah. yeah. So we sort of put a, a little damper on things, but what's really interesting and, and 
this might just be the the uh, go-getter personality that maybe was sort of like built in of like give me give me a sort of an inch and I'll take a mile but we reapproached them and we were like hey we'd like to try this online and we, we'd like to mail the show to the audience members and so we ended up mailing these like beautiful packets of these memories of this woman to audience members and Lauren loved the idea she helped us pitch it to HFC HFC loved the idea and then we started developing the show as a whole and then I guess this last uh, April, May, we we did this 10 or I guess 14 show series and we ended up raising $40,000 for them all over Zoom in which like audience members were invited to participate in this sort of like, I would say somewhere between like an escape room meets like a memory journey for someone with Alzheimer's, yeah. um, but it was all over Zoom. And so they uncovered the memories of this woman's life in a very sort of cinematic, but like theatrical Zoom kind of manner. And so, yeah, it was, it was really fun to work with them as like artists and like to have like their input and to see how they operate. And, you know, we're, we're definitely continuing our relationship after it's our first show. And then after we did the, this sort of spec zoom show, we're definitely sort of working on something new. So that's super exciting. And we're hoping, you know, maybe in 2023 do what we're, what we're calling remembrance part three, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a fun experience and they're, you know, such gracious humans and, you know, really care about caregiving and Alzheimer's and are, are doing really good work to sort of foster the next generation of Alzheimer's advocates and caregivers. And, and that's, that's how that relationship started. That's so interesting. I love that it's an extremely personal outlook on a person's life rather than it being super general. You really get to know the person for who they are, person that you used for the embodiment of Alzheimer's. So that's amazing. How did you start working with Immersive Theater Company? So I got into Immersive Theater in this sort of weird way. I, I was doing some art after graduating from NYU in these sort of pop-up exhibition spaces. And I needed a, a partner. And so I, I was introduced uh, through another friend from SMU who lived on, on my dorm floor in Peyton and uh, Victoria Nassif, this like lovely theater maker and sort of uh, actress. Uh, she introduced me to the, my, what I call now my art wife. Uh, we share a bank account, uh, but no, no relations. We just <laughs> like make art together. Uh, but I, I met Kendra and Kendra ended up, you know, was very interested in immersive theater and this show called Sleep No More in New York City. And she and I worked on a couple of art projects together. And then I had this really harebrained idea to sort of, you know, make a show that traversed Manhattan and was about sort of like voyeurism in the city and the memories that you live on the city and like how like they're, they're, they always exist. Even when you live there for five years, you pass by this one spot and you're like, oh, like I remember when this happened at that spot. And that was the sort of like first thing that we did that was like semi-immersive. And then we kept pushing the boundaries and kept, you know, sort of challenging ourselves to involve audience members and to really work uh, to make different and unique immersive, immersive sort of experiences. And we, we sort of call ourselves surrealists because I think a lot of immersive theater in New York does this like film noir thing where it's really dark and seedy and a little sexy. And we were... We were wanting to do more. We were wanting to ask bigger questions, to be a little bit more whimsical. And, you know, we just sort of challenged each other to like make art and work together to make these like beautiful, like immersive experiences together, sort of while, you know, surviving New York City and trying to like make art that's like impactful and beautiful and meaningful beyond just like a fun, fun night out. We wanted to make transformative sort of big question asking art that is easily accessible. I think that's also one, one of our, our tenants is that we, we want, you know, people who may not be like true, like 
outstanding immersive theater goers who like are excited, but make it accessible in a sense that if, you know, it's your first show or if it's your, you, you're an avid goer that you can experience it and, and get something deep or something wonderful and meaningful out of, a, out of our art. How do you find your inspiration? Um, so truthfully, I think that uh, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of weird things that I, I tend to pay attention to in, in the world and, and media. And then I, I also, also think that, that sort of, even just with like Alzheimer's, right? Like that was, that was something that was deeply personal and a, a lot of things that, questions that I was asking myself and sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, have a conversation with a friend and they'll mention something and I'll be like, oh, that's a really curious statement. Like someone, I, I was actually, the, the current show I'm working on, this is a, a little bit of a, a preview. This, it's not written yet, but someone was like, oh no, I dropped a thought. And I was like, you mean you physically dropped a thought? And she's like, yeah, I dropped it on the floor. And I was like, oh, that's really funny. Like what happens if like someone picked up like lost ideas and they like yeah. held them or like, like, you know, like that was there, that was there. And it was just like something that someone had said offhand. And then my brain was like, oh, that's kind of a funny idea. It's like, what if like ideas were real people or like ideas were sentient? And then what does that mean? And then sort of just like following that lead and like keep asking questions about a lost thought, thinking about like what a lost thought is. Like if a person was lost, but they were just an idea lost in the wilderness, right? Like, I, I think that, and maybe this is just because I approach the world with boundless, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where the ideas come from. I, it was just a, something that was offhand that was just sort of said. But I would say that there's just something human about the things that I pay attention to or the things that like we we talk about in our company. And, and I think p- paying attention to those human things and what people are going through often leads you to ask curious questions and then being more curious then leads you to interesting ideas. And then those ideas are then fleshed out by artistic humans who like want to make things about why we're human in in the first place. I don't know if that made any sense at all. No, it definitely did. It's such a combined experience too, especially the recent one you're working on because everyone obviously thinks things and has emotions. So it's definitely something everyone can relate. So you're doing something that is, which I think is really interesting. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And yeah, all all while having like a day job, which is a, it's another task. But yeah. I'd say is that's, that's always fun is like balancing, you know, you, you think about balancing your classes is that sometimes how it feels balancing like a day job and an art hustle that like you really want to be successful and be ripe with entertainment and joy. Your day job is a Vayner Media. Correct. Yes. I'm a creative director at, Vay- at Vayner Media. I've been at Vayner for about five years. Oh, wow. Uh, before that, before that I was freelancing, but then, then I was at a small shop called the Barbarian Group and I've been working in advertising for about nine years. I, you know, worked at a bunch of different agencies, big and small, uh, but Vayner, Vayner actually has been the most kind when it comes to like sort of managing both my like work and my my art they've mm-hmm. like from square one I was just like blatantly honest I was like look I might have to leave at five sometimes but I can get back on if I need to you know I can be be present in different ways they've been you know epically giving and kind when it comes to me wanting to do things I, I actually when when we were first planning to do uh, take remembrance to LA, when the you know we were really developing that show before COVID hit, I was like, hey, I would I think that I'm going to take a sabbatical. I'd, I'd like to keep my job, but I'd love to if I could, you know, I'll take half pay. And they're like, no, 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 we'll we'll figure it out. Go to LA, build this show, like raise money for Alzheimer's, and if we, you know, we'll figure out how we can employ you. We don't want to like you know pay you any less or you know. I was like, I'll just like take my benefit if you guys will like let me like leave for two months and come back. But they've 
it had been super great, which I think was a reason that I stayed so long. And then also the, the opportunities to grow and change and also just like make work at Vayner were, uh, were really exciting. And I, I wanted a, a place where I could make a, a bunch of interesting work really fast. And they were really good at, at, at allowing me to do that. How did you get your position there? So I started as a, um, a senior art director at Vayner. I was hired uh, to work exclusively on the, um, a team. And I, you know, sort of was, uh, I came in as someone who had had experience in the industry. And because it was sort of a startup culture, They'd only been around for about seven or eight years when I got there. There was not necessarily a lot of people who had had a lot of agency experience. And then I sort of dropped in and I had a lot of knowledge about productions and the way things worked and ads. And uh, they sort of respected those views. And then, you know, slowly they promoted me. Uh, I got put on different teams. I got to work with different people. Those people influenced my career. And eventually they like promoted me to be a creative director. So it was, it was really just like sort of staying and then traversing the, the field of, of like, uh, of advertising or, you know, not the field of advertising, but it was like, it was staying and like staying dedicated. And then also, you know, really working to like build relationships with clients and build relationships internally that led me to my, my current position. That's awesome. How has SMU influenced your current career success? Well, I will have to say that uh, the, the professors at SMU and the ad program definitely taught me uh, quite a bit about uh, how, to, how to be a really great ad man um, in, in the ad world, to be a really great, great creative and a passionate creative. And I would say that the, the portfolio that I originally built was you know, definitely instrumental in like, getting, me, getting me my first part, part of my first job. And then I think that SMU at, at large, I think that truthfully, there weren't a lot of New York, New York ad, ad people, but the ones that were, were always sort of super helpful, you know, connected. And uh, I, every time my, my ad professor visits New York, he like always has like a ton of alumni around him, which was, you know, really interesting to me. I was like, okay, cool that it, it's possible to do this. And, um, you know, having access to the, the events that they, the SMU creative program programmed, like they like took us to the one show they like, gave us like experience, like you know, let us talk to creative directors in New York and like, you know, gave us access to things that I think other, other universities that didn't necessarily do, but they knew that they needed to do to make, you know, successful people in the creative, creative field. Um, so yeah, I would say like access as well as just like general knowledge and education. SMU does a really good job at giving firsthand experience at such a young age, which is amazing. So as we can tell, you've been very successful thus far in your career and goals. So what are your future goals from here? Uh, so I think that one of my big goals right now, at least for myself, is to get a, a show reviewed by the New York Times. It's been on my sort of to-do list for a while. I, I really want some some sort of like journalistic recognition or understanding that like I'm an art maker in New York. And then I think that the other big thing for me right now is to make a really great piece of creative work and potentially even like write a movie or something. Um, those are like things that are like kind of in my like light line of sight, but try to keep my like my, myself settled in the fact that it, it may not happen. And if it does, it's great. And if not, like, I'm still going to be out here making art and, you know, being creative. So that's my current outlook. Yeah, I love that. Art is such a beautiful thing. And it's something that literally never gets old because there's so much out there that you can work with. For sure. And I guess to end off this podcast, what is a piece of advice you'd give your college age self? So I think that a piece of advice I'd give my college age self is to actually let down a little bit more of, of your, your guard and uh, let people in a little bit more. I think that uh, you'd be surprised how kind and generous people actually are. And 
even though it seems scary to do at a place like SMU that you know obviously comes with a, a certain cultural viewpoint and lots of different pressures and you know different different worldviews that may not align perfectly with the rest of the world I think that there are definitely some bright spots and bright people at SMU that would enjoy enjoy you regardless of how high your guard is and that's what I would tell my younger self well thank you so much Jordan for taking the time and talking to me about your SMU experience it was an honor to learn more about you and thank you to our audience for listening to hello hilltop Find our other podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, and more. Make sure you follow us on social media by visiting our Facebook and Instagram accounts at SMU Hello Hilltop. Until next time, we'll see you on the Hilltop.